Hi, Marilyn. Hi, Brian. We're here with Marilyn Hughes, everyone. And Brian Malin. Brian Malin. So Marilyn Hughes, as we know, she's written over a hundred books, like, you know, most of us. And she is a, a mystic. She's had over 30,000 out-of-body experiences documented. That's incredible. And the founder of the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation. Welcome, Marilyn. Brian Malin is the producer. And he is the producer for Mysteries Productions and has produced The Grand Phases of the Soul, among other fantastic projects. And uh, he is uh, my partner in crime. Well, <laughs> yes, we are criminals. Criminals <laughs> or spiritual reformation and love and I don't know what else. Our partners, we are partners in crime in forcing evolution upon mm. this sphere of vibration. We are bringing it in despite the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, what we're embarking on here is initiation into the mysteries. And we're going to be using the Hammer of Mysticism, one of Marilyn's books, and it's the encyclopedic journey into mystical processes and terms. And that's going to probably be about the first four podcasts that we're doing. And then we're going to do the fragrance of the mystical rose will be the second part of the initiation into the mysteries. And that's uh, the subtitle of that is the revelation of the celestial mysteries from the enclosed garden of God. And I need my glasses. <laughs> Yes, those are always handy. I need them all the time. So it's going to be pretty um, intense, folks. There's a lot of information here. And what I'm going to put out there, Marilyn, is as I'm going over these things, and we're going to reverse engineer this, and I'll talk about that in a second. But as we're going through, there's going to be a lot of things I... I'm going to say, okay, how about the initiation into this? How about the rights of this? And so for you, Marilyn, just, hey, feel guided to talk about that particular subject or feel like that is the most relevant thing in the moment, whatever, or just, you know, hey, we'll, we'll uh, address that later if, if it comes up when we're supposed to. Uh, otherwise, just, you know, you can give me a nod, right? Nod. And then uh, if you want to address it, address it. That sound okay? That sounds good. Okay. If for some reason something doesn't feel like we can explore it that much further, I will not forward. Okay, I think we'll go on to the next. Okay, sounds good. Um, so the Wi-Fi just cut out there a little bit, but I think pretty pretty much people know what you said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in regards to what I'm going to do, I'm just going to set things up a little bit because we are going to um, get into the different chapters from Hammer of Mysticism. We're going to go into uh, science and mysticism, mystical and out-of-body travel, and then we're going to get into the mechanics of the initiation into the mysteries. We're going to get into the mechanics of existence, the mechanics of the alteration of reality, the mechanics of eternal law, the mechanics of karma, the mechanics of initiation, 
and the mechanics of unitive consciousness, which is where the last chapter of the hammer of mysticism. However, what we're going to do is we're going to actually start at the end. Start with unitive consciousness and then work our way back to the marriage, so to speak, of contemporary science and mysticism. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Now I have a quote. And this one is actually from Fragrance of Myst the Mystical Rose. Um, it says the very first thing. And, and here it is. Are you ready? Yes. Initiation into the mysteries was defined by the ancient philosophers as life's supreme adventure and as the greatest good that one can confer upon the human soul during its terrestrial sojourn. I like that. Yes. Now I got my notebook here. This is like Da Vinci's notebooks, except I'm not Da Vinci, so I'm just, I'm just duh. I haven't earned Da Vinci yet. Uh, I'll be Vin, you be duh. We just need to find Chick. Now, now um, what I did notice, is that uh, the unitive consciousness chapter is, is not very long. No, and very short. What I'd like to ask you first, before we jump into unitive consciousness, is what is the greatest possibility that you see coming out of this initiation into the mysteries podcast that we're going to be doing and the subsequent documentary that we're making out of it? Well, the mysteries are so important because these are the actual um, spiritual exercises that occur in the mystical spheres and the out-of-body travel states that help us to bring about these energetic circumstances, which allows for these vibrational impetus and thrusts to take place within our souls. And so by making people aware of the fact that these initiations are actually necessary, vital, and they do occur, we're making it possible for people to reach more for them. It, it becomes less of an, uh, just an intellectual exercise, but actually more of a, um, you know, um, a, uh, a seeking that can be expanded more into physical, spiritual, conceptual, elemental, you know, mental, because these, these elements are not uh, separated in the spiritual world. And we cannot achieve what we need to achieve uh, spiritually without these initiations. They're, they're an inseparable part of the journey of the soul. And so understanding their mechanism is really important. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so our hope is to make people aware of them so they will be much more comfortable traveling them and seeking them out. Um, uh, and that will, that will literally facilitate acceleration, you know? Acceleration of people's 
soul evolution? Yes, the acceleration of their soul evolution and their progress, you know? Because when I say we're going from an intellectual exercise, you know, the purification pathway is, a lot of it is an intellectual exercise that is then backed up by the vibrational and frequency shifts that are brought to us from the spirit world. But the initiations into the mysteries are taking it into the next depth. And the next depth involves these initiations which actually change who we are energetically. Um, not just vibrationally, but literally on a particulate level, we are changed through each initiation. They each have different um, purposes, um, different uh, outcomes and requirements. And these are, these are soul uh, goals that we have to get to. Each one represents the next goal, the next step. And in, in congregate, the soul is progressing to an even higher level than they would, they would achieve even passing through purification, discrimination, and discipline. There's always a higher attainment. And so this is the next one. And that's what makes it so important. Great. I have another quote here I want to read. Okay. And, um, so the success on this path depends on, and it's really a quote from your book. So, okay. uh, so <laughs> the success to, in this journey of the initiation into the mysteries depends on the intensity of the initiate's love and will and capacity for self-discipline, his steadfastness, courage, generosity and completeness on his outgoing passion for absolute beauty and absolute goodness and absolute truth. And what is your take on that? Because with your success or with your uh, particular journey into the initiation into the mysteries, I know that that last thing that I read there was one of the main impetuses for you being able to go on the journeys that you went on because you with your whole heart and soul you mm -hmm. surrendered and went wherever you were allowed to go and so for an initiate with what i just quoted right there what would be your advice to them uh, starting out this journey well it the the spiritual path becomes something you eat breathe sleep and live it's the most it becomes the most important thing and that is kind of the essence of what i'm saying there that these elements of truth become more important than anything else you know whether or not we're right or wrong whether or not um the world is right or wrong the only thing that matters anymore is what is the truth according to god and that changes everything um we we develop this hunger and thirst for god that is um you know i use the word unquenchable unquenchable with a little bit of 
not sure that's the exact right word, but it's unquenchable, but not in the sense that it's a hunger that cannot be filled or a thirst that cannot be filled. It's something that is always being filled, but that hunger and that thirst continually then ascends to a higher height because we are always wanting to know more about who God is and what is the truth of God and what uh, does that mean for us as a forming creature, a forming spiritual being. Um, and so the, the importance of the whole path as a starting initiate is embracing that which you don't know because you're going to face a lot of mysterious things in the initiations into the mysteries you're going to have a lot of experiences that are going to be um very esoteric very symbolic you're going to go into a lot of really uh, profound uh, mysteries of time and space, but also mysteries of the prophets, saints, and mystics and sages and ascetics. You know, it's interesting. We've talked about in the in the previous path, the grand phases of the soul. We've talked about them in a different way. In this part of the path, we are actually learning more about the mysteries of who are they and who were they and who are they now what do they come to impart to us as souls here in this realm from where they now reside um so this it's really the you know for the person who is beginning the initiation path embrace the mystery embrace the fact that this will start, proceed, begin and end with mysterious things. It's going to be a very gradual unfolding of uh, wisdom elements that are going to be um, taking much of what you already did already start learning previously, but it's going to be tightened, twisted, and taken to a greater depth, a higher, more intensified spiritual understanding. So, you know, you start quietly and with the attitude of embracing that mystery. And, you know, so you just, it's as if you're walking into, you know, an ancient archaeological site that has just been unearthed. You know, you just walk in quietly and you look around, you take note of everything you see. You know, in during the mysteries, you want to notice signs and symbols. You want to notice who's present and how are they dressed. You want to see what is around you. What time periods do you seem to be traveling through? 
You want to notice vibrations of energy, um, ethereal energies, differences in the ethers because there will be different uh, pressures of ether in the initiations and in the mysteries. Some will be very light and they will vary in range as they get heavier and heavier and heavier. If you're entering into a heavy, dense realm, then it's, it's going to be more cloudy, white, and misty. The lighter ones are going to have more light and you're gonna feel this ability to kind of almost like, you know, leap in the air and stuff like this. But all of these things require your notice because they're all details to tell you a little bit about where you're traveling. Um, one of the one of the initial things that you do travel has to do with some of the heavier energies that uh, revolve around death. And you're going to come into a very cloudy, heavy sphere for this. Whereas in other spheres, you may be flitting and seeing temples in the sky and have beings uh, of great magnitude speaking to you from the heavens. But you wanna pay attention to all the signs and symbols. They may have signs on their forehead. They may, and a lot of times the signs will not be signs that you will recognize. So it's important to know that too. You want to keep these um, pads of paper by your bed so you can draw them. If it's something you've never seen before, um, because not all of the signs and symbols you see will be things that have been uh, registered in books down here. And so it's very important that you are able to take note of these signs because they will contain with them, them something that you need to discover or uncover. Um, you know, you, there is so much, but I guess to simplify, it's walk in quietly, observe everything, and do so with reverence. And so for people, you know, and a lot of us that come to this work and are drawn to this work have already, you know, worked on ourselves, um, have a certain degree of spirituality, not to generalize the term spirituality. But my next question before we, we dive in is kind of a, it's a little bit of a multi-tier in a way, but why should someone embark on this journey? And what is the uh, potential that could come out of this for the soul? And then why should someone even go for that potential of their soul? I think your sound just uh, stopped for a second. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I 
You know, the answer to that question will always be the same, whether it's for this path, the next path, the path that follows, the path that came before, which is that we are always going to want to be moving closer and closer to the center of all truth, which is God. Um, the initiations of the mysteries bring about many, many, many things within the soul that have great importance for the spiritual development, but it also changes the changes the way you perceive events, um, the way you perceive things, um, you'll never see things the same again. And you know, I'm gonna be measuring my thoughts a little more carefully as we walk through this because it is that kind of a path and you wanna be uh, speaking of it in this way. Um, you bring within you the multiplicity. So the mysteries are going to bring within you a variety of multiplicities, but I'll just give a couple of examples. You know, it is through the initiations that we actually bring the energy within us of the many different lifetimes that we have existed. Because um, there is an actual spiritual process, um, um, an initiatory process in order to bring that about. Um, and when you do this, you, you view your world and your whole existence and this world and those around you completely differently from the way you did prior. Because the way you did prior was always going to be based through this one set of eyes. You know, I have to do that carefully because of my glasses, but um, <laughs> so I have a second set of glasses on top there. But when, when you go through this initiation, you're all of a sudden looking through hundreds of these eyes. You're seeing the world through all these different personalities, all these different life experiences, but it goes well beyond that because as you're going into these initiations, you are taking within you these energies that are being um, bestowed upon you from some of these great guardians. Some of them are prophets, saints, mystics, saints, and ascetics. Some of them are guardians of initiations that uh, most people do not know here on earth, but you will meet them through your initiations. And these types of energies will give you an even different set of eyes, which it's like the big all seeing eye, you know, <laughs> which, you know, ironically is one of the initiations into the mysteries that involves that, um, where you are now seeing um, through uh, different 
wisdom eyes. So you're seeing through these different eyes of wisdom. It's not just seeing through maybe the one eye of wisdom that you previously contained. Maybe your current faith path. Maybe you had that one eye of wisdom, a grounded understanding of that current faith path. Now all of a sudden, you have all of these experiences of hundreds of human beings, thousands of human beings. And you know, eventually you're taking on the experience of all life, all existence. So you're taking into yourself an ability to compassionate and see through the eyes of all life. And this changes everything for you. You're going to you're going to see people with an eye of compassion that comes very naturally then. It's not something you have to work really hard at because when you observe, these things come to you just naturally and around you because it's become a part of you. These different wisdom eyes as well then are adding to not just your grounded knowledge, but your higher elevational knowledge of the wisdom paths and how this all processes through the ether, through energy, through the mind of God. Because everything is different when viewed through the eyes of God than we see them. You know, God does not see things as we see them. Um, we, we see through the eyes of a very limited scope as the physical human being. Going into the initiations and the rites of passage as well, completely alters us. It's like the difference between when Christ talked about how the entire mustard seed, I mean the entire tree of the mustard tree existed within that mustard seed. And so this little mustard seed contains that whole tree. And each human being oftentimes chooses to contain one human being, but within each and every one, one human being, that potential to contain the knowledge of all life, it resides there. It's there to be tapped. And the initiations into the mysteries and the rites of passage are those things that tap into it and unleash it and teach the soul how to properly handle it. And so it's like the human being becoming the many-eyed being. Um, I remember uh, speaking to a man who had a lengthy near-death experience. He was in a coma for, I think, three weeks. It was a long, long uh, experience. But one of the things he spoke about was 
early on in the near-death experience where all these eyes just started appearing all around him, like the all-seeing eye. Before you knew it, there were thousands of them. And this is kind of like what I'm referring to. That potential lies within each and every one of us. We just don't necessarily tap it. And by going into the initiations, we are tapping into unfulfilled potential. One of the things I wrote about in my books is, you know, unfulfilled potential is meaningless, but fulfilled potential is eternal. And this is, you know, that longing, that, that emptiness that we all feel as human souls is that desire to reach that eternal. You know, we all think we're reaching for something or another. We think it's this or we think it's that. We think it's, um, you know, uh, finding our soulmate, finding the perfect job, making enough money or whatever. But what it really is, it comes down to knowing, loving, and serving God and this understanding of harnessing what we have um, within us to do this. So it really is to bring about the fullest potential that we have um, on this earth in the spiritual in the beyond in the eternal in the eternal and you know one of the things that people often will say and i'll, I'll just throw this in because i think it's a relevant thing because people say this a lot you know well i'll just wait until i die then i'll do all that you know what i mean <laughs> mm -hmm. and people say that all the time because they think well i'm here now and it's like yes you are and this is why, because we are here to actually um, bring into embodiment the spiritual potential that comes down from the eternal. And so if we wait until we die, um, we are unable to do that in the way that we can in physical incarnation. There is a reason for the physical incarnation and for doing this while we are physically incarnate. And that actually speaks to the science of it, which is, you know, um, one of the things the astrophysicists were talking to me about years ago was that what they were finding was that all energy seeks embodiment. And everything pushes out until it um, becomes a physical manifestation. They were also able to discern, and you know, uh, I can't explain this because I'm not an astrophysicist, but they said that they were able to discern through their scientific studies that there was a moral law that uh, directed the universe and energy and how the energy would move in the entire universe. And what we are not understanding about 
the importance of the physical incarnation is that this spiritual potential seeks embodiment <laughs> in the physical. There is something very important about us bringing that to fruition in a physical incarnation. And that's why the initiations into the mysteries must happen during our lifetime in order to be utilized at their highest potential. And what it reminds me of is training of the mind in the great way when the ultimate goal is Buddhahood or enlightenment in this lifetime, but it's that it's a very auspicious birth and incarnation that we're even aware that we have that potential to do that. So we could have right. lifetime upon lifetime upon lifetime and never know about this kind of information that we know right now. Right, and we that is such a good point, Brian, because we don't know what circumstances we will be born into next. Even when we plan out our incarnations, there are circumstances that cannot be predicted that can completely alter what we will become aware of and when or if. And so we can literally start going backwards in a subsequent lifetime. Um, and then we have truly wasted this opportunity and this auspicious birth to do so now, which um, it's so important that people recognize that, that this is one of the things I tell people a lot is that, uh, you know, from the very beginning of my path, I would have messages. They were always telling me from the you know, the angelic kingdom, don't waste your time, don't waste your time. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. But, um, <laughs> but I understand it more now because, you know, it seems like I blinked my eyes and now, you know, I'm older, you know, I'm in my uh, mid fifties. And um, so we do realize the time does fly by in this physical incarnation. And we really don't have the amount of time that we think we have, but we don't realize how much time we waste on things that do not benefit our soul or benefit the actual purpose of our sojourn here. And we have to remember there's a reason why we came here. We came here to accomplish some things. And there are some similarities, as we talked about in the grand phases of the soul, uh, as to the things that we are all following similarly, but there are also some differences. And these differences are pointed out to us and shown to us, as well as even more similarities in the initiations into the mysteries, which help us to really embody you know, these higher thrusts of energy and not waste time, precious time on earth, you know? Mm -hmm. And having said that, let's not waste <laughs> any more time. Okay. Let's, and that was, you know, we, did, we weren't wasting any of that, of course, but <laughs> let's not waste any more time uh, commencing this journey. And again, we're gonna, um, uh, reverse engineer. Let's reverse. Let's reverse. So we're, gonna, 
We're going to start out with the mechanics of unitive consciousness. And okay. what can you tell us about the mechanics of unitive consciousness? Well, there are, <coughs> there are a myriad of initiations that you will undergo regarding this, but the, the, the basic essence of it is, is that we're going to be moving from the identity of I am a person to I am awareness alone. And that comes from the Ashtavakra Gita. Um, and this is literally something that we do in these initiations piece by piece. So each initiation actually takes us more and more into this point where we experience that. And then we finally have this ultimate experience of being awareness itself. And this really assists us and helps us to detach from the idea of I am a person. We realize that we really are spirit peering through these eyes. I'm awareness alone. Okay. But all of this, you know, it comes from this process that the soul must undergo of understanding what oneness of all life is, oneness of consciousness and the universal consciousness, because it is this, um, you know, it goes from the intellectual understanding of we are all one to the experience of we are all one to the embodiment of we are all one. So there, you know, when we talk about the energetic uh, alterations which occur through these initiations, that's what's happening. You're going from, you know, an intellectual concept to an experience of this concept and then many, many, many experiences that eventually lead you to the embodiment of it, where you are able now to embody oneness. You really, it is something that is part of you. It's not something that you've learned anymore. It's something that you know. So there is a purpose <clears throat> for a time of the illusion of multiplicity it serves it serves a purpose for a time before yes. we ultimately hopefully culminate in the unit of consciousness right and you know the multiplicities that we experience here in these no, uh, mortal realms are more related to karmic configurations and um these personalities but you'll see that for instance 
what we're doing here is there's when you go from selflessness to selfishness down here in the lowest darkest realms you are literally going from oneness to duality you see and so in the mortal realms we're somewhere in the middle <laughs> and so the multiplicities that we deal with are personality related karmic related relationship related um, as you move further closer to these darker realities they become more and more selfish more and more destructive more and more about i am the only thing that matters <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so it is part of this evolutionary spectrum so if you look at this going through the universal sphere of realms which i've talked about before starts with realms one and two realm one being where evil resides realm two dominant darkness and some ignorance realms three and four we have we have both of those but we also have karmic ignorance as well as just plain old ignorance and all sorts of levels of light and dark mixed up in the battles between good and evil and the realms five and up go into higher and higher gradations of light so if you look at the evolutionary spectrum of a soul the soul begins in total duality in the first realm where it is completely evil and all that matters is i get what i want because i'm all that matters i'm completely separate from all other things i'm all that matters <laughs> you see mm -hmm. in dominant darkness it's it's moving up just a tad as you're moving into the third and fourth realm you're maybe not dealing with as much um i obvious evil sometimes obviously we do here but you deal with things that involve um, dualities relating to uh, uh, personalities. People are still separate in their minds. But this is also the realms where we are to learn that we're not. And this is where the oneness factor is at least supposed to start beginning. And so in the initiations, you're going to start experiencing this. Um, in near-death experiences, most people have heard how uh, many people will touch into that unconditional love of God, and they will feel that universal being, that connectedness of all life, that oneness. So that's where someone has that experience of oneness and they're like wow that really happens that really is true but in order to embody it you have to take it further through the initiations where these energetic thrusts are brought in through the soul and you eventually embody it it becomes how you operate naturally in the realm and so and then obviously as you continue into the light realms that oneness is a natural part of that construct that you will have as you go into those higher spheres i got a couple things to read real quick sure the germ <clears throat> the germ the awareness spring of becoming the amazing transcendence energy that allows the great mystic to rise to freedom is latent in all of us that's from your book 
And then the other one is from the um, Ashtavakra Gita. You are self, the solitary witness. You are perfect, all-pervading one. You are free, desireless, forever still. The universe is but a seeming in you. Meditate on this. I am awareness alone. Unity itself. Give up the idea that you are separate, a person. That there is within and without. You have long been bound thinking I am a person. Let the knowledge I am awareness alone be the sword that frees you. Mm -hmm. I had to fill that in because I thought that was kind of cool. It's very cool. And um, that was a translation by Bart Marshall, just to uh, give credit there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> he is um, he is translating the Gita speaking about existence and consciousness beyond duality. One of the things we experience in the out-of-body travel state and in mysticism is there is a period that we come to where we are taken beyond this battle between good and evil, this mortal realm, and taken beyond it. And beyond this mortal realm is exactly what you just read. This is where we are free, desireless, and forever still. The universe is but a seeming in you. And what he's saying is that here, it's like you're seeing the universe from the above. There, within the program, which is what we have here, the physical programs that we are operating under in the mortal realms, good and evil do exist. There is a place where good and evil no longer um, cohabitate. And this is the place he speaks of. This is where we are awareness alone. And this meditation, why, he's, why the, the Ashtavakra Gita is suggesting this meditation on this awareness alone is because our ability to rise up out of the duality requires us to rise above. It's actually a realm. This is why I'm doing this with my hands. <laughs> and so, you know, we have like this zone, which is below duality and above it here, we have the um, beyond. And down in this duality zone is where we are persons. But when we rise into here, the above area, which is beyond duality, we become awareness alone. And those dualities are no longer relevant. That doesn't change the fact that those dualities do exist still down there. But if we are residing, if our consciousness resides in this place up here, then we 
are not touching into those things anymore. And there is great transformation in this meditation, a great transformation into understanding unit of consciousness and understanding how we rise above the multiplicities um, and the personalities, the fragmentation into the one. Not easily done. Well, you know. Or is it? Here's the thing, you know, it's, it's not easy until you do it and then it is easy, you know, and then here's the thing. If you follow the path of the initiations into the mysteries, it becomes easier because you literally follow a sequence of events that is directed by God, who is taking you one step each time and so every step is perfectly planned to get you to where you need to go so that moment when all of a sudden you burst into that beautiful plane it seemed very easy but maybe you had many years before that or maybe you had many months maybe you know everyone's different um, so in that regard, there are many steps, but, um, I have something but, here. <clears throat> Anyone becoming aware of consciousness outside of sensory awareness is put on a path which the mystic travels. So it's kind of stepping out of our every ordinary day-to-day -day thing and starting to become aware of sensory awareness that's outside of what we're used to experiencing exactly and that is um partly too what people start experiencing when they are going through the awakening process and they continue into the spiritual transformation that they will start experiencing all reality differently so whether they're walking down the street whether they are having an out-of-body experience they're going to experience all reality differently they are going to be experiencing it more fifth dimensionally than they used to. So people become more aware of spiritual presences. You know, they're going to feel and see things that they didn't before. It, it becomes more the particulate energies and all those things which surround us. They are um, naturally um, more attuned to, and they do naturally enter into that path 